spread the truth. Document it. Prove it. Make it irrefutable and you too will become dangerous to those who admire us in lies and enslave us in socialism. But because they are lying, it's possible to expose them. And this is their Achilles heel. By comparison, we have nothing to hide, therefore we have no reason to lie. And we wouldn't want to even if we could. Truth is a far superior weapon than deceit. It's a weapon which is denied to them. And in the end, it will be the decisive weapon that destroys them completely. another friday is upon us it is the 8th of december 2023 can you believe it what do we have we have like two what, two and a half uh, weeks left to uh you christmas um hope you got your tree up uh whatever you're doing over there but uh, it's good to good of you to join us thank you so much for uh tuning in everybody how's uh, chat doing good to see you all uh, i'm flying solo here today uh, but, uh, you know, I, I actually tried to get a couple of guys on here last, kind of last minute, to be honest, and it didn't pan out, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> we'll do that next time. That's that's how it goes sometimes. I wanted to have get Michael Keefe on, right, to talk about the situation in Ireland, uh, and unfortunately he had to bail out kind of last minute there, really, uh, so that didn't pan out, but we'll get him back on, on the show at some point. Uh, but I was speaking of guests, uh, check out a Ron Anse interview we did, too. I thought that was pretty good, actually. I, I like Ron. Uh, you don't always agree with him on all issues, obviously, but uh, for being... Uh, for being uh, Jewish, he has, uh, you know, he's he's looked into a lot of things that most people of his uh, his extraction doesn't do. So she, he should have credit to that. He does a good job at Ons Review, of course, hosting all those, uh, you know, kind of controversial uh, and, and dissident, uh, you know, voices as well. Uh, so that's good. We have uh, also Sasha Rossmuller coming up. He's uh, an active nationalist. I guess is the simplest way of looking at it in in Germany. Uh, so that's coming up. Uh, we got some other guests as well in the pipeline. So uh, heads up on that. Look out for that kind of stuff that's coming up. All right. So anyway, we got a jam-packed show. I, I must cover the just outrageous reaction, I have to say, to the uh, this, this um, Ivy League school you know, controversy because the presidents uh, of, what was it, Penn State, Harvard, and was it MIT, uh, were dragged before this congressional hearing. On, uh, on anti-Semitism, and of course, it went from that uh, to the, where the rhetoric up, you know, upgraded quickly, and it became about Jewish genocide, essentially, on on these campuses. Uh, so we're going to look at that and just how uh, the overreaction to that really, and put it in context and compare it to, to some of the other things that have been happening. And mind you, not from like university students, which was the main accusation here during this congressional hearing, but actual professors and teachings and what the teachers and what kind of rhetoric they've been driving at some of these uh, Ivy League schools uh, in the United States uh, of America. And of course, that uh, the academic environment, the cultural kind of discourse of of like um, openly attacking white people in the way that they have, have, of course, spread from those environments into the, you know, 
the legal system, the, the corporate uh, boards everywhere out there and the big corporations to media, entertainment and all these kinds of things, right? So it spread like a wildfire, like a virus. Uh, so I'm going to put that in context as compared to, oh, 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 now you're, oh, you have a problem with this now? Now you're rolling around. Oh, my God. And the out, you know, the outrage and the reactions to this. Holy smokes. I'd give them one thing, though. They know how to organize. Uh, that is for sure. Soon as there's slight little pressure, there's massive, you know, <laughs> money and effort and groups and NGOs and new projects being set up to, you know, counteract this. Uh, so we'll, we'll look at that. And, uh, and and again, kind of question that, like, maybe, uh, you know, what, what what's white people wait? What are white people waiting for? <laughs> Someone else to give us permission to fight back against the hatred against us in the same way that some of these other groups do? All right. Anyway, we'll roll around to that. We got some other stuff here in the beginning too. Some, um, some a little more lighthearted stuff, right? That's kind of how it goes here on the Friday shows. Anyway, if you do want to join us, you want to support the show, super chats, slash red eyes TV. You can also do it on on Odyssey. They have hyper chats over there uh, or Rumble rants, and uh, I'll do my best solo here to keep an eye on that in a timely manner uh, throughout the stream here uh, today. The Boo Man over on Entropy. Good to see you, man. Thank you for the support. Says, I would like to give thanks this season to Henrik and Lana for their hard work and their dedication to providing important information in the entertaining package week after week. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nothing wrong with having having it do doing it in 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 a way that's uh, you know because many times it's it's you know rough rough stories, rough things we look at, obviously, and and hard things to look at. But you gotta you gotta kind of have a lighthearted approach sometimes to it. It's it's a serious topic, obviously. But I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, the Boo Man. Uh, we're, you know, th thank you for being there for us. We can be there for you guys uh, as well. All right. So uh, with that, let's uh, look at, I, I wanted to play this because it's always funny when they have these fails, right? Apparently Rishi Sunak, I didn't realize how short it was. Rishi, Rishi Sunak over there in the UK, not uh, elected, but selected by the, was it the Tories that selected him, right? The rest of the other, the other cucks in the Tory party. Didn't realize how short. Now, there's some really tall Dutch people, so it could be that Mark Rutte is like 6'7 or something. That could be very true. But, man, Rishi is really short. But they had a little bit of a uh, kind of a door problem there at uh, 10 Downing Street. Uh, they couldn't actually get in. Check this out. They were waiting to get in. Apparently, they're not being let in. <laughs> Where are they? Shows you who's in charge, huh? Have to ask for permission. Oh, can you please open the door? <laughs> uh, it's sweet, sweet. Mark Rutte is going to be, uh, you know, leaving soon. I guess. Wasn't he talking about resigning anyway? Uh, before and of course now we do have. Well, the what is it? The the new incoming, uh, uh, you know, Zionist extraordinaire. We'll see. We'll see what he can do. Maybe, you know, we'll. we'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, and we'll see how long that lasts. But you know, chances are it'll be a it'll be a phony baloney Maloney uh, repeat. We'll see what happens. But um, Gert Wilders is going to get in there if he can form a, a government, right, a coalition government, because it's not him. It's not like he that was elected it was his, his party, obviously, right. Uh, so he's that, that's going to be an uphill battle, I think, for those guys. But I don't know. It's just it's, it's always sweet to see them uh, to to to, <laughs> to see these people just humiliated in this way. They they deserve nothing else. McDozer flying solo flashback Friday. Let's go. Thank you, McDozer. Good to see you. Thank you for the support. Uh, always good to see you guys. All right. So 
We have this too, little piece here, which is, you know, in the uh, in the Yule Christmas spirit. I thought we could look at this one here too. Home Alone fans, and I'm re rewatching these uh, movies here now because, of course, the, the the boys are at at that age. You know, fair. There's Chris Columbus is kind of a weird guy. Is it? Does anybody know this? He's the director, right? I think he's the director writer at least uh, of, of these movies. He did Goonies. Um, or some of the other ones he's done. Did he not do, maybe he did E.T. with Spielberg. Did he not do that? Maybe he wasn't included that. I don't think I've ever, I haven't looked it up necessarily, but I've never seen a, a single interview with the guy, Chris Columbus. It feels like a taken name. I could be wrong in that. Um, but there are things kind of inserted in the background, if you look, especially Goonies, right? There's a lot of like, you know, subtle, uh, <clears throat> well, shall we say, let's be blunt, penis symbolism. Uh, right, the one-eyed Willie is one of the things <laughs> they're looking at the, the, the pirate, right, that they're going after. In the beginning, the Jewish fat kid, he knocks off the uh, uh, the peepee of the little uh, miniature statue of David, uh, right, and to turn it upside down. And there's something like the adult, uh, ad like in the background of, of the Home Alone movies too, like adult in, uh, movies or, you know, th there are subtle things like that. Uh, even the statue actually comes back too. They, they drive him over the, with the car. But anyway. Look at me, I'm just rambling here. This is just what happens when you fly solo. Just no one to keep you on point. All right, anyway. Uh, Home Alone fans shocked by 248% increase in grocery prices since movie debuted as Bidenflation crushes family holiday budgets. Did you ever see that? How long is this? Let's let's take it. Okay, so it's a minute. We can look at this one. Here's the here's the original scene here, right? They link this up. Of course, McCulkin, right? He was. Uh, did it ever come out? Did it ever come out? What actually? Who actually abused him? Was that? Was that clear? I don't think it was Michael Jackson. I think that was actually one of the uh, exaggerated uh, claims. Uh, it's probably one of the uh, the heads of, one of the, the Jewish heads of one of the studios. How about that? That's what Corey Feldman said, right? And Corey Haim, wasn't it? All right, here it is. Right. So this is what he's buying. They're zooming in. They're checking out everything he's buying here. Those are, you know, following up and doing the purchase, right? Toilet paper, bread, milk, you know, basic stuff. Turkey dinner. There's a couple of other things on there. Tide. Some um, little arm plastic army men. Orange juice. Gotta have that. Anyway, so 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 that that's the scene, right? So people are like, let's. Let's go buy that same thing and see how much it is. Because the price was, I think they said at the end there, right? Is it on the register? It was like 19, 1983. There it is. It almost the same year it was out, right? 19, was it 1990? This was out? Yeah, 1990. $19.83. And so here's uh, some <laughs> some guy doing a follow-up uh, on this here. Check this out here. How much Kevin's groceries in Home Alone would cost today? Let's skip this dumb interesting. Here we go. It would cost you about $1.96 today. In 1990, milk was one eighteen a gallon. Today, it averages at four dollars thirty six cents. Take this loaf of bread. In 1990, Kevin paid about seventy five cents. Today, this loaf of bread has more than doubled. The average price is upwards of one eighty one. We grabbed the mac and cheese, and of course, the Stouffer's roast turkey dinner. In Home Alone, Kevin bought the laundry detergent, the snuggle dryer sheets, the cling wrap and a full roll pack of quilted northern toilet paper. 
and of course the orange juice. Time to hit the checkout line. Did they go to like the same store or something too? What it shot it in? Now the only thing I could not find were the plastic army figures, but you know I would not be denied, so I found those on Amazon on sale for $7.99. Add that to my bill of $63.47 and woo! We are a long way away from 30 years ago and Kevin McAllister only paying $19.83. Holy shit. I mean, I know it's 30 years ago, but but still, you know what I mean? I think I went, did I go the second one, uh, the second Home Alone? I forget when that was out. I think I went to the movie theaters with a girl I liked. <laughs> I love watching that. Uh, that must have been like, oh, that must have been like, what, 93? Three years? I, I don't know, maybe four? I, I forget when that was. But yeah, 248% increase in that time. Good times. But, you know, according to Janet Yellen, we can uh, we can, we can afford to go to, you know, support Israel and Ukraine. And the economy is doing great, folks. Nothing to see here whatsoever. Uh, Ugandalf. Is that the right pronunciation? Hey, Henrik. Hey, Ugandalf. Good to see you. Please let me introduce you to the most popular rock band of the Muslim world, Jihad Against the Machine. Uh, have you <laughs> have you watched these gifted men practicing their chart? Is that what is it? Yeah, chart breaker. Wake up! No, I've not read it. Is this a thing? Let me see. What is this here? Jihad Against the Machine. All right, I get it. We could, we could play this here. This this. Hopefully, there's no. <clears throat> Hopefully, there's no penises being flashed. In it's Reddit. So, well, it's, it's speaking of Reddit, that more, more likely, actually, there is, uh, obviously, because it is Reddit. That's, that's why. Now, let's have it with the distortion. Lots of echo and then distortion. There we go. Oh, that's right. It's uh, forbidden with music. Is that what the other thing is? All right. You know what? How is this different from like the and I hate to use the term because it's so cringe now, right? But like the woke, uh, the woke brigades in the West, who's like, this song is racist. We have to undo this. We have to uh, rewrite the tracks, right? Eventually, they'll use AI in real time, even if you stream it like on your device or something, or they play it on TV and radio, and they'll change lyrics, right? But that's what they've done. They, it's the same thing. The tearing down statues and shit like that, right? That's, that's what these guys do. Well, of course, in our countries, it's primarily driven by, uh, you know, Jewish activist interest and, and anti-white, you know, uh, interest, essentially. But yeah, here we go. Well, it's like, what, Kurt Cobain? <laughs> this is that, this is that uh, <clears throat> the desert mindset, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's of the devil. And of course, there's some like, of course, degenerate music, right? But it's not the instrument's fault. Throw the degenerate musicians, uh, you know, over the, <laughs> off the building then or something. Uh, thank you, you Gandalf. That was, uh, that was nice. Uh, Jihad against the machine. Yeah, it's not too bad. Not too bad, uh, everybody. But uh, more importantly, of course, happy Hanukkah, everybody. I want to wish everyone a very happy Hanukkah. The miracle of Hanukkah began more than 2,000 years ago when a proud band of Jewish patriots courageously stood up and reclaimed their freedom, their faith, and their traditions from an oppressive tyrant. After that great yes. victory, the Jewish heroes prepared. That's absolutely what happened, folks. The Holy Temple, 
but found only enough oil to light the lamp for one night. Yet by the grace of the Almighty, the flames radiated for eight days and eight That's nights. right. Somehow, by a miracle. <clears throat> is, there some, that they, is there some hidden thing in that? Like that they, sto- they, <clears throat> they had only paid for one day's worth, but they stole the others? <laughs> seven or something and so therefore you know it, it miraculously it burned for eight but we had a, we had only paid for one day but it <laughs> since the menorah has been a symbol of jewish perseverance in the face of oppression Bruh. and of god's hope mercy and love in times of hardship this hanukkah season jewish americans and people all over the world are still reeling from the monstrous hamas terror attacks on mm. innocent men women and children to everyone touched by these barbaric atrocities, we pray that God will bring you healing, comfort, and peace. Brought to you we by Pfizer. We recommit ourselves to extinguishing the evil of anti-Semitism from the earth. Uh, we yes. reaffirm the everlasting solidarity that with thing. the Jewish <clears throat> That thing again. That's right. Jewish people. And Has that ever stopped? <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just gets more and more every year. We go forward confident with God's help in the end. Light will overcome this horrible darkness. Mm-hmm. Once again, happy Hanukkah and God bless you all. Thank you, Trump. Appreciate that for the uh, public service announcement. There you go. Milena Zellweger posted that. What's that? Oh, I'm blocked. Okay. All right. Well, it's got to be a good account then. Ah, all right. So, <laughs> so with that little uh, greeting out of the way, Speaking of, well, I mean, what is it? Is some uh, the Hanukkah oil sorcery sessions? Check out this. Speaking of sorcery, can someone do? Someone probably has done what the chan- the odds are on this, right? The yeah, the odds is that the term? The odds, the chances. New York City man who just won the ten million dollar lottery again spotted tooling around in brand new two hundred thousand dollar wheels. A lucky Brooklyn man went on a joyride in a pricey, brand-spanking new silver Range Rover on Friday morning after having just won $10 million in the lottery again. Wayne Murray, 63, was spotted leaving his 800,000 East Flatbush home in the luxury top-of-the-line wheels after scoring $10 million on a scratch-off ticket this week and having previously won $10 million playing the New York lottery just a little over a year ago. Isn't this one of those, like... Did they send this guy to do some like time travel mission or something, and then he just bailed out, and instead he just <laughs> he he knew this somehow and rigged on the back? I don't know. It, what's the odds of this winning it twice? I'm not sure how. So a year, about a little over a year ago, and then he wins it again. I don't know. Murray who's home anyway. They go through like, oh, well, he owns all these things, whatever. Yeah, on Thursday, Murray told the Post he didn't want attention over his mega lucrative windfall, saying some of us just like to be discreet. Yeah, winning $10 million twice. The charmed man won both times from a $30 ticket or tickets that he bought at H&A Gas and Convenience on Avenue H. Is some coded thing here? Avenue A-H? H&A Gas on Avenue H. I don't know. Is this what? <laughs> In Flatbush, Brooklyn. First time the Murray hit, uh, hit it big was while playing Black Titanium. Then Tuesday, he got the top prize of the 200 times or X scratch-off game, game. Both times, he took the lump sum of $6 million each after taxes. Of course, because uh, they had to have their little cut here, too, according to lottery officials. Here he is with this um, 
brand new silver Range Rover here, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, here's the here's the <laughs> here's the guy right here. What is a year apart? Holy smokes! I don't know that I I call foul play. There's some there's some shit going on here. Yeah, I, I, how do you win this twice in a row within a year like that? Or in a row, it's not quite, but still, right? Uh, something uh, some kind of sort some some. Uh, Strange magic involved in that shit, or, or, or it's a time traveler. That's my that's my official position right now. Uh, he rigged the game. They sent him back to uh, to spy on somebody or something like that, and then he just uh, he bailed. All right, a couple of good news here before we get to the meat of some of the stuff we're gonna cover today. Uh, Owen Schroyer out of prison, which is uh, which is good news, of course. Uh, he should never have been in there together. He was um, he was in there because he was on capital grounds right he wasn't actually in the building physically but he was on grounds and this was what was it because of some prior thing you you're not allowed to be li- wasn't it he was in congress or some something like that when it was some hearing and and screamed i think and one of the things against him like was was passed some whatever the term would be for that uh rest, rest, me, some measure i don't know with some restrictive thing you you can't be loud and so apparently he had been loud on Capitol grounds uh, during January 6th. So they put him in a slammer, but he was out a few days early anyway. Let's listen a little bit here. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and family, Owen Schroyer here. And yes, it's official. I have been released from federal prison. And uh, man, do I have a lot of stories to tell. And obviously, I will be telling you these stories over the course of the coming days. There are a lot of big and fun interviews that I have coming up. I will be making another statement later today as well on the Alex Jones Show. And we got a lot of exciting stuff in the very near future. But I just want to take this time to thank everybody for your prayers. Thank everybody for all the mail and the books that you sent me. I was able to read 15 books in my 47 days. What kind of books? Banned books? Owen? Now, uh, look, I know there's some people that, you know, don't agree with him or anything, whatever. But obviously, this gentleman doesn't deserve to be in prison. He was now, he was kind enough to bring on me along after we were uh, booted off of YouTube. So, you know, I have uh, I, I have respect for the guy. He's, um, he's I, I think he's part for the most part in the, is in the right place but uh yeah some issues we disagree but uh you know it's 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 good that he's out at least uh, i like that uh so yeah he went on a little bit later there's a longer message but just so that's good news right at least he's released should never have been in there uh, absolute travesty of this fucking j6 thing it's just hyped up to to endless heights and of course uh they they, they was it some new footage that, that's going to come out and then was it uh, the speaker there mike uh, johnson it was kind of interesting. Right? They talked about blurring the faces of some new footage. And some people said it's actually not to protect the people uh, that were there, but it's actually to protect the federal informants that potentially could end up in trouble. Not only informants, probably just agents as well, but a lot of informants uh, most likely as well. Uh, they want to make sure that they don't end up in trouble and are caught uh, red-handed, although that's a lot of that's already been exposed, to be honest. Speaking of another case, I've got to show this real quick too. Um, federal appeals court sides with pro-Trump meme maker Douglas Mackey. I mean, he did a lot of other stuff as well, but this, of course, uh, Ricky Vaughn, right? Back in the uh, 2015, 2016 days, uh, they dro- ended up dropping a seven-month prison sentence for uh, basically an online uh, joke. Uh, remember this? Here's the, here's the actual meme. I'm with her. Go, Hillary. Text, you know, 
Text Hillary to 59925. And that was, they they sought 10 years for the guy. And at least at some point, it was like, they're probably, they're probably going to put him, put him in jail for a long time for this. That's what I thought. And so he was sentenced to seven months in prison, which is like, well, I mean, still not dodging a bullet entirely, but it's kind of significantly better than getting 10 years, right? Um, so anyway, here, people compared it to this other, you know, Christina Wong, who did the same thing. Nothing happened to her. It's still up on uh, on Twitter, you know, stuff like, Elon didn't take that down. Uh, so he said here in one of the uh, one of his posts on Twitter, let's check this out. He said, breaking news, Second Circuit Court of Appeals grants bond pending appeal in the Douglas Mackey meme case. The Second City Court of Appeals have uh, just overruled the district court in granting our motion for bond pending appeal. This ruling is huge because it means that the appeals court decided that my appeal presents substantial and debatable issues of law that, if resolved in my favor, will result in my conviction being vacated. The prosecution, on the other hand, argued that my appeal was frivolous and that this was a typical election crime case like any other in U.S. history. That's election crime. Look, there were apparently some people that called the number, but there's no one that I don't think they could prove that anybody had, as a result, not gone and voted. Yeah, I mean, like, it was very hard to to, to prove this, right? But it's true that they're trying to create a, a, a shilling effect here or basically deterring people from not only having fun online, but posting memes and go after people that, uh, at least at that time, were kind of uh, were, were effectful, right? And uh, they're going to continue to do this. There, there's all kinds of crazy cases now, right? The, we talked in the Western Warrior Show about this um, uh, Catholic family, right, that were targeted by the FBI after the, their teenage son had posted spicy memes, essentially, online. Now, he did do some dumb stuff, but part of the whole thing of, like, determining, you know, you know whether something actually is, you know, poses a real danger or not is to determine that. Like, how likely is it that this guy would do something? With the what was interesting about that case with the fifteen-year-old, I forget their Fancini or something. I don't know. There's some Italian name, I think, for the family. And uh, what was interesting about the case is he deleted all his accounts, and he basically which went dark. And and it was this chat group that was most likely probably set up by the feds, by the FBI, uh, but at at the very least infiltrated. And and it was probably some like Fuentes adjacent thing here. Like that's probably what that was about. Uh, to be honest, there's probably more people that looked into that more detail online, but I assume that's what it was uh, about. So they're trying to, you know, let's create these chat radical chat groups. <laughs> and then we ask, <coughs> excuse me, then we ask, we ask members who are totally not Fed posting. You know, that's one of the comments uh, that was screen capped from there. I'm not a Fed. It's totally cool, man. But can you take, can you take photos with the weapons that you have in your home and post those? And so yes, this kid did some dumb things. Was he 15? Maybe he was 17. Anyway, something like that. Uh, and uh, deleted all his accounts, pulls out, just ba- basically he got, probably had some flash of like, wait a minute, is this the right thing? What's going on here? So the feds probably, they lost control of this guy. I think they were in there grooming him, essentially grooming him to do a, a violent act. And what's so disgusting about it is that they've done this with so many others, right? And now because they lost control of the guy because they didn't know what happened, they try to swoop in as the saviors and say, well, we stopped a potential violent attack. There was no evidence of that. Uh, you know, they've racked up legal fees and whatnot, but there's no evidence they would actually do an attack. They didn't find anything. They were like hauling them off. You know, I forget. It was like in the middle of the night or early, early, early morning hours or something like that. Put the whole family in a van. They handcuffed them. They were searching through the whole house, you know, crazy things like that. 
And anyway, so long story short, I think they did it so they could swoop in as saviors to save face because they've lost control of him. If he would have stayed online, they probably would have continued to groom him and they would have probably like tried to instigate him to actually do a violent attack. And then when it did happen, they could point to it and say, see, look, we, our, our existence is justified. These are the kinds of entrapments and sting operations that they run over there, right? So absolutely disgusting. So yeah, point is, they're trying hard to go after people and to create, you know, violent attacks and stuff like that. And the, the question with the, the kid there is, would any of that, would any of those ever have happened if they weren't there to groom them along the way? And likelihood is, no, at least not that case would not have, not have happened, right? All right, anyway, so we'll see what comes out of the Douglas Mackey case there. But uh, at least encouraging so far, uh, to be honest. So hopefully it uh, it stands, right? Well, there's a stay on it. Is that what the term is? There's a stay on it. Okay. So now we got to switch over to the uh, the main main story here of of today then, uh, and cover this of what's going on at these Ivy League uh, schools, at least some of them, and the reaction to it as well, which is just in incredible, right? Uh, Penn State, let me, let me lower that real quick here. Penn, Penn, is it Penn State? Is that what it is? A University of Pennsylvania, maybe that's a different one then. Okay, University of Pennsylvania's president apologizes for response on how to handle calls for, quote, genocide of Jews, unquote. A call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening, deeply so, McGill said. Let's check out a couple of news reports of how they're how they're reporting this, right? Out of the backlash over comments made by the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and Penn during a grilling on Capitol Hill about anti-Semitism. Here's ABC's Andrea Fujii. This morning, the presidents of three of the most elite universities in the country are facing calls to resign after tense moments on Capitol Hill Tuesday in which lawmakers accused them of not doing enough to crack down on anti-Semitism and hate on campus. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Can you but not say here that it is also... against the code of conduct at Harvard? We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful. Oh, really now, do you? What, what, what happened when, you, when, uh, when uh, it's okay to be white flyers were hung on some of, these, <laughs> some of these schools and colleges and universities? What happened then? Hmm, really? Not that that's offensive, obviously not, but you get my point here, right? And by the way, the Stefanik chick here, I, I've... I've I've never seen someone, you know, clutching their pearls this hard and and this. I don't even think it's pretend outrage, to be honest. Uh, but it's the most. Uh, you, you you'll see what I mean. I have more clips here of, of of her. It's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, harassment. Does that speech and not cross that? <laughs> Is that true for so-called stochastic terrorism too? Because that's one of the lines. I'm not saying the universities per se have been driving that line, but a lot of that that environment overall, academia, media, you know, and so forth, have driven this, driven this line. That's like if you just say a, a wrong thing, that's what's driving violence. Uh, in this case, not. It's a, it's a fascinating pivot by these people, to be honest. That barrier does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? Congresswoman Elise Stefanik also <laughs> grilling the president of Penn. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews 
does that constitute now okay all right slow down just slow down a second here I, I don't I don't believe I don't believe anybody maybe there's maybe there's one or two correct me if I'm wrong here but maybe there's been one or two of these students or something that was like you know kill all Jews or gas the Jews or something like that that maybe they said something like that you know I'm, I'm quoting here. <clears throat> uh, maybe that's true but they're equating like pro-Palestinian protests and basically saying, you know, Israel is a white supremacy occupying state with with genocide, right? They're, they're taking the, the Jonathan Greenblatt ADL line here of basically saying, if you're anti-Zionist, you are anti-Jew. That's anti-Semitism, right? They're saying, this is genocide, not, you know, not supporting Israel is genocide. That's, I'm, unless I'm mistaken, and there was like in a couple of universities here, and these specifically, where there was like, tons of students out and they're all just chanting just like kill Jews or something like that it's it's a hyperbolic it's it's a massive exaggeration and equating one criticism with another right am i wrong bullying or harassment if it is directed and severe or pervasive it is harassment so the answer is yes it is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. The backlash was swift among alum. Couldn't one of these university presidents say, "What do you can you like? Can you just the, this? That's not what that's not what it was, though, or something, right? But they won't do that either. Students and donors demanding action. Pennsylvania's governor called. Pe- Don- donors. We'll look at this in more detail here. This is the, the reactions are incredible. And President Liz McGill's remarks unacceptable and shameful, urging the board of trustees. Yeah, Josh Shapiro, who totally have no dog in this fight, completely objective, comes in and says this is unacceptable. To convene. In response, McGill posted this video last night. I was not focused on, but I should have been. (laughs) The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. Meanwhile, at Harvard... So that okay so the, is that more the more it's some of the most is it more than other groups is that what you're saying there it's kind of what i'm hearing there it's it's the most listen to last night i was not focused on but i should have been the irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate meanwhile <clears throat> A little uh, hierarchy thing here going on. Is there, it's, a, it's a different in reaction, maybe. While at Harvard, President Claudine Gay released this statement saying, "Claudine st- Gay." Now this is this is great stuff here because she is just 100% diversity hire. And of course, now they're getting what they want, right? Confused a right to free expression with the idea that Harvard will condone calls for violence against Jewish students. Those who threaten our Jewish students will be held to account. So they so they bow down. Right. That's basically what they're what they're saying. But of course, it's the 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 row it says continues here. Right. Uh, questioning university president president on anti-Semitism, Stefanik, right, goes viral, and her reaction. It's just it's been so cringe the way she's she's doing this. And there's a couple more clips later on where she's just like the way she's freaking out about <laughs> freaking out about this too. However, you should you should note though <clears throat> that the uh, times of no sorry the uh, Haretz. <clears throat> said this is not good enough that's right looking for a congressional champion to fight anti-semitism forget stefanik 
Those concerned about anti-Semitism would be well advised to remember that their new leading advocate <laughs> has platformed some of the most vile anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. It's it's never good enough, right? Ben Samuels. So I guess he, she's not. She, maybe she's not sincere, right? Is that what the the, the issue is here? Uh, here it says, right? Uh, <clears throat> people concerned about anti-Semitism, however would be well advised to remember that their new leading advocate has platformed some of those violent and conspiracy theories of recent memory. In her GOP leadership role, <clears throat> Stefanik has encouraged the false conflation and generalization of any and all criticism of Israel with anti-Semitism. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. All while failing to address anti-Semitism within her own party whether emanating from Donald Trump's embrace of the party's far right. Yes, because he certainly is a huge anti-Semite, as we saw in the uh, Hanukkah clip just recently here. And of course, some of his decisions overall. Uh, or her congressional colleagues like Thomas Massey, frequently and repeatedly trafficking in dual loyalty tropes. Now, that was... Let, let me uh, let me go to that source real quick here, too. Because that, that, of course, is kind of part of this, right? I think it's still... Yeah, here it is. This is the meme he had up here, right? Congress these days, um, like says, no to American patriotism, uh, but to Zionism, right? They're just, gotcha, we're, we're on your side. And that was enough. That was enough to set this off, right? Breitbart throws a fit over uh, GP representative Thomas Massey sharing anti-Semitic meme. So Breitbart, together with, you know, because it's Joel Pollack, right? We've talked about him in the past, too. Completely just off the wall on, on these issues after uh, after October 7th. He teamed up with Senator Chuck Schumer and the Biden White House to condemn America First Congressman Thomas Massey. Anyway, so apparently she's very, uh, because she's ultra mega warrior, which of course means, what, Israel first, I assume. Uh, it's not good enough what she did, according to uh, Haaretz here, or this Jewish writer, has compared Democrats to pedagrifters in a nod to QAnon and trafficked in the great replace. Has she now? Fascinating. I'd love to see some of that because I'm sure she actually didn't do that which alleges immigration encouraged by Jews is meant to dilute the white population. Because that is totally not happening, ladies and gentlemen. This conspiracy has been cited by assailants behind significant white nationalist attacks, such as the ones... So she's... The author here is... Basically, she is on their side, right? She's a she's a white supremacist, <clears throat> and she's just secretly doing this. So keep that in mind as we watch some more uh, clips here. This she, she linked up on her own uh, uh, ex-profile, by the way, too. Uh, another report on this. I think they include a couple more clips of her. Spurgeon. We're back now with a growing controversy. A congressional committee plans to open an investigation into anti-Semitism on the campuses of three elite universities. Now, now keep in mind, too, opening it in, in an investigation into anti-Semitism. Keep in mind all, all these things, because I'm going to go through a little bit later some of the other things that have happened at these elite universities uh, very recently, by the way, and still continuing. And, and all these people had no problems with it. They said nothing. There's no congressional hearings. You might have some, uh, yeah, like a Fox News piece about, oh, they're trying to divide us. Look, they're... And it's like, no, they're attacking whites at these colleges, and they're calling for killing, murdering white people. We'll get to that. Their presidents drew outrage at a hearing this week. Stephanie Goss now with the backlash. I would like to frame my comments. The hearing Tuesday lasted five hours, but it was this questioning from New York Congresswoman Elise Stefanik that has ignited a firestorm. Rabbit. Asking 
specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, Jews. does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. If the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The president of Harvard University of Pennsylvania and MIT were on campus committing the act of genocide. The presidents of Harvard, the University of Pennsylvania. Was that was, was that Barbara Streisand? What the fucking movie was that? Barbara Streisand or something? Uh, but what about the Jews? <laughs> this is what we're getting, folks. This is, they're so outraged about this, and they're they're fr- fucking freaking out about this. And they didn't say shit when they're attacking white people calling for And we're not even talking about this. In this case, it's just the students. It's just stu- other students which have been programmed with this like anti-white fucking garbage. And now, of course, Israel is a white supremacist country and a colonialist country. So that's why they're basically attacking them. Right? <laughs> Holy shit. And so calling for, you know, murdering white people uh, by professors and the actual, you know, teachers at these universities. Nah, these people said, have said nothing. They've done nothing. They've said nothing. It's disgusting. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The presidents of Harvard, the University of Pennsylvania, and MIT were on Capitol Hill to address anti-Semitism and Islamophobia on their campuses. Calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. Based. Is that right, fellas? Based, right? (laughs) I'm trying to make fun of this a little bit. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. Harvard and Penn's presidents tried to clarify their answers to that specific question on the issue of calls for genocide. I want to be clear. A call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening. Deeply so. Harvard's president, writing in part, calls for violence or genocide against the Jewish community or any religious or ethnic group are vile. They have no place at Harvard. At times throughout the hearing, the leaders of the schools condemn the hate on campus while also citing the importance of freedom of speech. But criticism came swiftly. And over, over, <laughs> over this issue, it's funny though. It's man, they have they have programmed these people to. They, this again, I, I just, I, this is just, this is just the the cup of like, I guess, anti-whiteness is that that's just flowing over to like uh, to Jews and Israel because they're considered white by these people. That's basically what it is. So now they're now they're feeling a tiny little bit of this that has been like a top-down policy by like professors and shit for for decades, right? <laughs> it's just, and now all hell is breaking loose. From both Republicans and Democrats. It Non-stop media coverage. Hard to condemn genocide. Genocide against Jews, genocide against anyone else. Oh, really? Did you condemn that then? Bates writing, it's unbelievable that this needs to be said. Calls for <laughs> genocide are monstrous. Students rallied on campus today outside McGill's office. I'm a Jewish student here, and... I think that she needs to step down. Tonight, Penn is facing possible financial fallout. A wealthy donor is threatening... Yeah, I'll get to that with the donor, too. It's funny. It just... I mean, and it's... Man, we're talking money here, right? Is this the next... No, it's a Daily Mail. Okay, yeah. Was this the moment the pendulum of insanity reached the height of madness in a brutal and brilliant assault on woke think? 
Maureen Callan says the, quote, Jewish genocide colleague president's scandal, or college, sorry, president's scandal, may really wake up the world. Oh, really? So now they're rolling around. It's time to wake up the world of the hatred of these university campuses. And again, we'll uh, we'll relitigate that. We'll go through that. But yeah, Daily Mail had like number of pieces about this all over the media plastered. This is a scandal. Harvard President Claudine Gay issues first real apology two days after saying calling for genocide of Jews only constitutes <laughs> excuse me <coughs> only constitutes harassment. <clears throat> Depending on the context, it, it's I, I'm fascinated that they are. That they that they just they didn't immediately jump through the hoops. But again, I I I re- repeat my point. I think it's because they're so anti-white that that's how that that's the framing right of these people uh, essentially. So I'm not going to go through the Daily Mail uh, pieces there. Uh, oh, Wall Street Journal, check this out. They did a piece on this too, uh, kvetching and and of course you know connecting it to the kind of the Democrats, like anti-war, uh, you know, movement and stuff like that. Uh, look at some of this here. So that's the first video they include. I assume that, you know, they've taken the worst that they can, right? Them saying that Israel is committing genocide is, in and of itself, a call for genocide against Jews. That's what I'm saying. I have not. I could be mistaken, and <clears throat> maybe I missed some of those videos. I know there was. I know there was like one university. <clears throat> excuse me, where like a few people they like ripped their Israel flags off of them or something, <clears throat> and they did like kind of, you know, verbally kind of like atta- you know, you know, attack, you know, attack them verbally or something like that. But again, that's that's like because of the environment that they've created at these universities, right? Uh, but it's not a, as far as I know, there's not not a professor or not an like a teacher that have done this. I, I could be wrong on that, but I, so I think that's the that's those are some of the worst examples that they have, and that is being framed in the media, and even by people at the congressional hearing in of itself as genocide of Jews of not you know wanting Israel you know not not wanting Israel to bomb Palestinian babies is genocide of Jews. That's that's the. That's how, that's how I see the link here is being is being made, right? Beyond, you know, peacefully protesting some policy difference in the Middle East, the purposeful gathering of a mob outside of a restaurant simply because it is owned by a Jewish person, well, that's anti-Semitism, plain <laughs> and simple. Here we go. Side the unavoidable Kristallnacht resonance. There we go. It's is Kristallnacht all over again. Watch Nazis ransack <laughs> Jewish property. <laughs> what is clear is that the Democratic. You know what? It's 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 kind of funny to me that they're doing the comparison because <clears throat> it's like like even even with like even with revisionism in you know what i mean like oh the, the like judea like world jewry declared war on germany and that's one of the you know that's why that's why this happened right the boycott movement and you had these massive meetings in like madison square gardens with all these rabbis and like we got to get we got to go to war with germany and like all that kind of stuff right so of course that's why you know germany did that uh and one of the reasons is if you you declare war on a stateless actor, well, then you're kind of forced to look at, well, who's potentially part of that. And, of course, if you declare war with the state, that's why America rounded up Japanese people, right, during when they went to war with Japan. Because you can't just have, like, potential enemy combatants behind, you know, in your own country running around. So that's, anyway, long story short, you get it. But even, what I'm saying is, even with, like, 
revisionism in mind, it's it's obviously like n not comparable. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. But they continue to move the goalpost so much, and officially, and especially if you take like official history, which these people are, you know, advocating here before. Couple of students from these universities are screaming outside some restaurant. It's 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 just like, my God! It's just it's the the the, the anti-Semitism card is just so overplayed at this point, and all they know how to do is to co to continue to turn up the volume like loud more and more and more. That's that's going to fix this. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's not going to work out that way. Anti-Israel outpourings, many of them unhinged, have become persistent, reflexive, and a growing domestic political problem for the party. Rape is horrific. Sexual assault is horrific. However, I think we have to be balanced about bringing in the outrages against Palestinians. Last week, Lois Frankel of Florida quit the Progressive Caucus while she and Michigan's Debbie Dingell have discussed introducing a House resolution condemning Hamas's use of rape as a weapon. It is outrageous. <laughs> what, is that, what is that going to do? Okay, let's condemn the House resolution condemning... Isn't just isn't rape illegal or what? <laughs> what do you what do you want? I mean, I know they want to like. Uh, therefore, America needs to go to war, and we need to send all these goys to go die for Israel. I, I get that that's what they want. So I'm not trying to, you know, be silly here about this. But really, it's like <laughs> it's like hate crimes. Like, oh, well, is it a crime? Well, then it's a crime. What do what do you need? You know, anyway. Some who claim to stand for justice are closing their eyes and their hearts to the victims of Hamas. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the San Francisco Democrats. San Francisco Democrats. Oh my God, they didn't want to have military aid. Like, if there's anything that this would be like their one redeeming quality, I guess. <laughs> who is this? Who is this? Dennis? Was it Dennis or Daniel Hannigan or something that's doing this report here for Wall Street Journal? Yeah, stop genocide. No military aid to Israel. That's the. That's the outrage. <laughs> That's what you got, Wall Street Journal. That's uh, the crisis within the Democratic Party. Is that <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Uh, I can think of way worse things when it comes to how they've been attacking white people for decades. Like Joe Biden talking about how great it is to replace white. Oh, but that's not genocide, you see? And just wait until we get to some of the clips and headlines from you know what's been coming out of some of these Ivy League universities, by the way. San Francisco Democrats is the memorable phrase Gene Kirkpatrick delivered six times in a speech. Yeah, and then he goes through this boring, like the Vietnam War and the conflict there. But anyway, let's go back to you because it goes, of course, back to Nazis again right here. Yeah, defund the IDF is, is a Kristallnacht. This is incredible stuff here, the comparison. Where are we here? We gotta see. Where's, oh, no, that's the uh, wartime footage here. Here we go. Let's take it from here. Halt his actions immediately and realize that he's going to face massive opposition from Democrat voters next election. During Vietnam, they yelled, hey, hey, LBJ, how many kids did you kill today? I have concluded that... Well, did they not kill kids in, in those wars or what? I should not permit the presidency to become involved in the partisan divisions that are developing in this political year. Today, the Democrats, in part, are running a stop-the-clock strategy to avoid another 1968. I shall not seek, and I will not... And of course, I mean, it was different in Europe at that point, but it was 
It was all cooking, right, in most Western countries. <clears throat> they call them the 68ers, right, in Europe, uh, specifically France. And did Britain have some of that too, maybe? The 68 movement, essentially. Just it's pure cultural Marxism that, that, that just started infesting everything. And, of course, that's why we find ourselves what we do today, not only but partially, right? Um, and all the anti-whiteness that we've seen and the, re the replacement of, of native European populations and so forth. I'd accept the nomination of my party for another term as your president. Joe Biden can run for president, but he cannot hide, especially not when U.S. Muslim leaders from swing states, including Pennsylvania, Nevada, and Michigan, are holding abandoned Biden rallies. Sleepy Joe is a murder. Well, maybe you should have. Maybe you should thank some of the Jewish activist organization that uh, helped to bring all these people in. They shouldn't you? Wall Street Journal. And this is a genocide. This is ethnic cleansing, and the blood is on his hands. So them pointing out that there's a, a you know a, a, like bombing campaigns that's killing kids and civilians in Gaza is is the is the problem to these people. It's it's insane. Do you support what Hamas is doing? I I do you support what the KKK did to? <laughs> it's like holy shit. This is it's this is normie world. Here's the here's the brown anti-colonialist fighting against the white supremacist that basically like can't can't stop sucking Israel's cock. <laughs> that's that's where we are, folks. The, the political barometer of, of December 2023. No, I Just don't. because you share their no, skin tone, do I have a right to ask you that Genocide. question? Protesters now appear at virtually any public Biden appearance. Good. Excuse me, this is a community tree lighting. We respect your right to free speech. We're just asking this is not a political event. Anti-Semitism is the new yeah, anti-war. Yeah, here's what... Is that one... I don't think that's... Yeah, Tulane University, New Orleans. Maybe this is one of the references then, right? That there was like a scuffle between like basically anti-white. Uh, and of course, the framing of that is wrong, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, anti-white pro-Palestinians faction against like uh, Israeli, Zion Israeli Jewish Zionists. Anti-Semitism right? is the new anti-war, the litmus test of progressive solidarity. It's like, ooh, first time there was a scuffle ever at some university somewhere, right? It was an anti-war movement, and then, oh yeah, back to Kristallnacht again. We gotta, we gotta just tie that together. Another minute here. This Solidarity. Anti-war was arguable. Anti-Semitism, no matter how often euphemized as pro-Palestine, is not. It really harkens back to a dark time in our history. It evokes memories of Kristallnacht in 19. Our history? I mean, sure, I get it, but like from Shapiro's perspective, it's our history. But is that America's history? Or is it just that blatant? Well, they're all they're all Edom, so yeah, that's it's your history. <laughs> Maybe that's what's going on in his head. 1930s Germany, yes. as in the late 1960s. It's the 1930s all over again because uh, uh, Israel indiscriminately can't kill Palestinian kids without being, uh, you know, without people pointing it out and protesting. The early 70s, we are again living in disturbed times. Yes. Jewish voters have some hard thinking to do about where their partisan interests lie, <laughs> even as elected Democrats. What's fascinating about that is it, it's there's so many liberal Jews still. They're all pro, you know, Israel and pro-Zionist, obviously, anyway, no matter what they say, they actually are, right? But even at this point, it's like what you have now then is this concerted effort by a lot of conservatives and even other Jewish voices. I have another clip we'll play later of them basically, you need to come over to the come over to the the right wing side which of course you know those very same people have like called you know uh they're the white supremacist party and the, the nazis and stuff right and it's like they're, they're not obviously but 
that's been the framing. You need to come join the GOP. That's the that's the big push here now, essentially. <clears throat> and instead of GOP actually being something, would be which would be like, you know, at least for a while there on the Trump at the beginning, people were like, oh, maybe maybe something for the white working class or so, you know, so maybe some little bit of no, no, that ship sailed and that's over. And now it's going to be like the the I guess the pro-Israel uh, party with GOP and then the slightly less pro-Israel party. You know, and it's not that it's like you know, it's not that it's against any of like the, the, the activism that has uh, disproportionately been done from this particular group or anything like that. It's it never been any criticism of those kinds of things. That's that's good in their view, right? So the framing is completely off. And it's fascinating to see how just how lost, uh, you know, the mainstream is on this when you don't actually accurately look at, at history and reasoning and who's doing what. Democrats start to push back. We should have a spirited debate and dialogue peacefully and respectfully about what's happening in the Middle East. I don't want to rob anyone of the ability to do that peacefully. But when it crosses a line and becomes blatant anti-Semitism, it's critically important that we all speak up. Everyone, those in elected office and those who uh, are in the community. So that's the most important thing for America right now. It's to get involved in the debate of what's happening in uh, Israel, right? Dog Whistler says, I keep thinking how crazy it is that the Arabs keep two million Jews trapped in a small territory, have children, cut off their electricity and, wa- and water, and then indiscriminately bombed their medical facilities. So anti-Semitic. Oh, wait. Yeah, imagine imagine the shoe being on the other foot. Can you imagine the quetching? Holy smokes. Let me take a couple of these on Odyssey here, too, before we end up uh, behind too much. <clears throat> Glenn Chatman, good to see you, Glenn. Uh, says, did you see Elon tweeted he considers unbanning Alex Jones? I did see that, and I assume it comes in the wake of him being on... Uh, uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, uh, um, show there, right, on X, I would assume, um, which is good. I mean, obviously, unban- fucking unban everybody. What about Jared Taylor? What about uh, Mark Hollett, uh, Kevin McDonald? Uh, I mean, Anglin, didn't Anglin get his account back, Andrew Anglin? It's like, I'm not saying, oh, he's because he's the worst of them. I'm not saying, I'm saying from, 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 from an Elon Musk perspective, you know what I mean? Why not Jared Taylor? Why not Kevin McDonald? Why not uh, Alex Jones? Let them all back. Thank you, Glenn. Good to see you. Uh, Pagan Bear says, uh, what about anti-whitism? Yeah, and I'll get to that too, by the way, here. I hope at least some whites outside the nationalist sphere are noticing the double standards. Thank, for, thank you for the stream, Hendrik. Thank you, Pagan Bear. Uh, maybe next time, says, get Noel Ignatiev as president of Harvard. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't president, but I'll show you a headline of one of the papers that he wrote uh, while his time at Harvard when he was alive, which is like, no one, no one, no one said anything. And that's actually calling for the murder of white. It's just no doubt about it. It's like in the fucking publication. It's not like some student just showing up and like, I don't like what Palestine, how Palestinians are treated in Israel. And it's like, oh, Jewish genocide. Uh, Uganda says, let's enjoy their screeching, quetching and projection. They never know when to stop, which will help us exposing them. Well, the truth is on our side. And that's why, as G. Edward Griffin said, it's a weapon denied to them. And it's one of our strongest weapons. And that's why we continue have to point to that. Uh, Grenaud says, simply noticing, is anti-Semitic, Oive. That's right. Red Wolf 1, thank you for the dono, says, we will soon see Antifa attacking anything or anybody deemed anti-Semitic while waving their similar, their similarly Nazi flags. <sighs> you talk about like a gay op, maybe, or something? Like they they use them to pose as... Uh, like Nazis or National Socialists or something, and then attacking... It's possible. 
I'm not sure how they have they been. I assume they're just waiting in the wings to be wheeled out, like during the 2024 election cycle in the U.S. or something like that. That again, but it's been kind of quiet on that front, even on this thing. I mean, I know a lot of them are you know pro Palestine, but um, yeah, it's a good point actually. Yeah, why haven't we seen anything like that? Or maybe if we do see anything, maybe they will just uh, try to create to shift the narrative, like to 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 create a scenario which is not part of it. I would assume there would be something like, let's, hey, 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 slow down. Let's blame the whites together, okay? I mean, we haven't really seen that, which is interesting. Der Scherusker says, the answer to the 68 movement was a third position uh, third position movement, G-U-D, or Gruppe Union Defense, and they are still active today. Yeah, I know about the der, der uh, Dritten, is it Dritten? Der Drei Weg, right? In Germany, at least. Similar movements emerge in Italy and around Europe. GUD Group of Union Defense. I don't think I've actually specifically heard of them. i got to Google that. Thank you, uh, Der Schurisker. And uh, one more here from uh, Gr- uh, Gr- Grenaud. I think I pronounced that. Uh, Jews have a huge decision to make. Should they be more, uh, should they be more anti-whites or more anti-Palestinians? They bought this. On, they brought this on themselves, and every nation in the world should join together against Israel. Yeah, I wish it was that simple, but as we saw with like the Nordic Resistance movement <coughs> protesting Israel uh, in Stockholm, then of course they got attacked by the pro-Israel uh, side, right, for being Nazis and shit like that. Uh, they are no one is on our side. I get your point, and that that would be you know a great kumbaya moment or whatever, but. Uh, that seems to be increasingly difficult. Uh, I, I, I get your point, but I think we're I think we're on our own. <laughs> it's it's us and no one else. Uh, McDozer again here says U.S. politics: the kosher wings of the same kvetching buzzard. You got it. You you nailed that one, McDozer. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So anyway, here's a Jeffrey Miller and was it Elon that re- replied to this tweet? Just to boil it down, Harvard President Claudine Gay is basically. 100% diversity hire. She's not an academic. She has published only 11 peer-reviewed journal papers in her entire academic career. And he goes through his talk about basically that's um, the number of pe- that's the number of papers most pe- professors and so forth publish in 12 months. Right? No output, n- nothing whatsoever. She's just there as a, as a diversity hire. And so I'm surprised. And, and also I should say she's there then because of the DU- DEI policies. Um, because of the, you know, the CRT, well, maybe not the CRT, but the definitely the diversity, equity, and inclusion policies, which I think there's a clear, I don't think there's any doubt about this. There's a clear evolution from, you know, from the Frankfurt School to critical theory to when these people were booted out of Nazi Germany, they went over to Columbia University in New York. They continue their work there, uh, you know, so the outcrop of the Frankfurt School, what is it, the Social Research Institute, is that what it was called? And for all the way from that, the, the anti-colonialist, anti-Western, anti-white, anti-European talking points, all the way up to like the woke movement of today. And so I, I'd argue that it's, it's their activists who spearheaded and initiated this, and now this golem that they created <clears throat> is biting them in the rear end, and they're super upset and sad about it. Uh, but they're also, <clears throat> as this clip will show you, forget what this show is called. Is it the the, the boys or something? I forget. I forget what it's called. But anyway, it's a popular podcast. And so here's the the Jewish host talking about this whole framing of what what happened with the, these universities. 
but also this idea more of this like well you need to join the the, the GOP right you need to, you need to come over to the Republican side and it's more of this like after decades of anti-white policies brought about di- disproportionately by your group by your people by your folks and instead of looking in the mirror and asking yourself what you know collectively what did we, white people are always asked to to look at ourselves, well, what can you do and your white privilege and you guys did this and it's like collective punishment for being white. We've had that for decades now, right? And in this case, it's none of that. In this case, it says, oh, well, that just happened because of wokeness all of a sudden. <laughs> it says, well, wokeness showed up and did this to us. And so now you, we, we, now we're on your side, white guys. That, that's, that's basically what I'm hearing. Listen, listen to this. It's an interesting clip here. And uh, you can always debate the the hard cases in in free speech and where the lines should be and again i would draw the lines in a way that makes most speech permissible but when you're talking about chasing students around campus to yell in their face that clearly is bullying and harassment and there's no reason to ever allow something like that but again the point i would make is that what you're going to see in the wake of this is that a lot of jewish people are realizing that they don't have a home on the left anymore. And I expect that many Jews are going to start shifting right and into the Republican Party <laughs> to a place where I've been for a while. And and I think this goes back a long oh, way. Joy. So if you go all the way back to the original civil rights movement in the 1960s. <clears throat> just what the GOP needs, more Israel support. I think that many Jews were an integral part of that movement and they felt a great solidarity with the original civil rights movement, civil rights leaders. Now, that's true that they did, but I think it's all for the wrong re- He frames it that this was because it was the right thing to do. No, no, I think you're wrong. I think they saw this as weaponizing those groups against white people, against people of European descent. That's, that's how I see this. Because they felt like they had a shared history of persecution. I don't think so. Blacks no. in America had suffered from racism. Jews around the world felt like they had suffered from anti-Semitism. And they basically believe that all people should be t- treated equally, that we should have individual rights. And, and basically, they were advocating. Yeah, that's that's certainly the outcome as we look in a little bit of some of these, uh, both, of course, Jewish academics and professors at these universities, uh, but also their offshoots or their, their creations after DEI and CRT and anti-white, anti-colonialist programming. Uh, that That's, that's oh, yeah, it's just it's it's more equal now. It's much more fair now than ever. For a colorblind standard, right? A colorblind treatment of all people. And so I think that Jews historically have wanted to be on the left for that reason. But And let I me pause there. And I can play, here, here's an example, right? <clears throat> here, here's, here's an example that puts that in context. I am Jewish and proud because Jews have always done what's right. We've led the fight for gay rights. Harvey Milk fought to ban discrimination based on sexual orientation. Eddie Windsor was a leader in the fight for marriage equality. Miriam Ben Shalom challenged the ban on gay people serving in the military. We've helped lead the fight for racial justice. Our rabbis were BFFs with MLK. Together with black leaders, Jews helped to establish over 20 HBCUs. During the civil rights movement, Jews were disproportionately involved in the protests. Uh-huh. We've led the fight for women's rights, for equal pay and the right to choose, and against discrimination in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Jews were also among the first on the ground in Turkey, Ukraine, and Haiti. In Judaism, when it comes to helping others, <clears throat> no action is... To, of course, bring those people when it's a disaster or when it's a refugee crisis to European countries. Too big or too small. The Jewish principle of tikkun olam tells us that we have the power to change the world. Yeah, that's not what that means, uh, by the way, but uh, yeah, sure, go on. And there are so many ways to do that. And this is why I am Jewish and proud. 
the World Jewish Congress. You know what I'm saying? Well, th- oh, thank you. It's it's much better now. <clears throat> and then, of course, <laughs> that whole history. And then just right at, right at the tail end of that, it's like kind of hurting some Jews a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit. Everything needs to be redrawn. Every, it's This is unacceptable. Congressional hearings. Last few decades is that the civil rights movement in particular and the left have moved to this woke ideology where it's no longer about colorblindness. It's more about identity groups. And instead no. of trying to get... <clears throat> it, it, well, yeah, sure. But why is it about identity groups? It's because, it's, it's because you can weaponize those identities against what what group is the villain in this new ideological universe right who's the villain and who's the who's the good guy it's only one villain and that's white people crt critical race here well which is the group that you're critical of white people of course so see how they exclude and will i think that i think some of these guys they know this stuff but they intentionally ignore that and say, oh, well, they are trying to divide us along racial lines. No, they can have an identity. Their identity is lifted up. They're praised. They can never do anything wrong. You can never criticize them. I guess kind of like these guys now, right? Uh, and what, what, well, white people are the villains in this framing. And, and, we can, we, and we always have to do soul searching and figure out what we've done wrong and how can we help and how do we, can we back down and give, give up your house now to the, you know, it just goes on and on. It just never, never ends. You're, we are expected to, to give up our countries and our children's future and we're demonized when we, are, when we have families that are white. And I'll show you some of these headlines in a little bit too, by the way. Has. But just a little bit more to frame, to, just to, to frame this, right, of like how how they are reacting, the way they're speaking up, the, the ferocity, the intensity, the frequency, the volume of pushback against what has happened at these universities now is on par with nothing you've ever seen before. And whites have just stood down and taken this shit for decades. And if we ever pointed out, well, we're the, pro- we're the white supremacists, we're the Nazis, we're the bigots, we're the racists, etc. Racial differences, it's been about accentuating them. And so we've had this whole equity agenda, which is really defined as redistribution from one racial group to another racial group. And and which I think that, and which ones are those? Can you say that? Can you say those groups? For whatever reason, a lot of Jews just hadn't confronted the reality that the left had really changed in this way. And again, I think it goes back. To what do you mean fa- changed in this way? That's what it's always been. It's uh, it, it's so dishonest this framing. That they, and this was linked up by Elon Musk, by the way. He thought that oh well, if we're going to be defining identity groups. Oh and- oh, I thought I thought you guys were on our side. Oh what ha- oh maybe uh, maybe we need to go and join Whitey now. That's what I'm hearing here. This uh, no thanks. We don't want you know woke way. You know Jews obviously should be one of these victim groups, but they're waking up to the fact that Jews are not. You know Jews are just. In the, in the minds of yeah so as long as so as long as the framing was this was just negative for white people and we were among one of the victim groups then it would see see what's happening here then it would still be okay and none of these people would say anything you see how this works kind of woke ideology Jews are just white people okay yeah. successful yeah. white people with too much successful power. white people with a Jewish background. Ah, anti-Semitism. Success. Jews are successful with too much money. 
Who is this little guy here? Who, uh, we got to spank him back in place. Who's this little, who's this little boy face guy? White people with too much power. White people with the Jewish. <laughs> Holy shit! What's this show called again? I forget the name of it, but I've, I've come across it a couple of times. <clears throat> Uh, it's funny. No, it's not wrong that they're seeing that. That is that is the programming. But again, as I said, that's just like it. That's because it's just the anti-white hatred is so strong and so pervasive and such a momentum in it that now basically just it's like a you know a tsunami of it, and it just happens to like couple of couple of snowflakes are like flying off of the tsunami uh, or tsunami. What would you call it? avalanche? I guess that's what the word I'm It's an avalanche. Of anti-white hatred, and now a couple of snowflakes is landing on on, on a couple of Jewish people's heads, uh, and uh, now you're seeing the outrage background. And as a result, they're part of an oppressor class. And I think that for a lot of Jewish people who are waking up to this, they're realizing, wait a second, this is actually a very destructive ideology. Ah, uh, really? And now, it makes now us it the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And so I would expect. How does it? How and how does it feel, sir? That. Again, a lot of Jewish people are waking up to the ways in which the left has changed, and they're realizing they just changed. It just changed. <laughs> it just it just changed all of a sudden. That that is not a hospitable place. Nothing happened. It just changed in the political spectrum for them to be, and I would expect there to be kind of a, a pilgrimage now of more Jews in America towards the right, as opposed to remaining on the left where they've always been. Uh, I mean, sure, but I mean, if you look at those are those are false, you know, kind of breakdowns when it comes to this, right? It it's just how do you, how do you get more how do you get power? How do you get influence? What what do you need? To, what side do you need to be on? Right? That that's been the discussion, and a, and a majority of 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 groups, uh, even ethnic groups or other interest groups, political groups, of course, have have played that game. So it's not that this is something new. But anyway, I think that's that's enough of that. And, and they could, oh, it, the MLK thing. L look at this. So the other guy Jones in again here. Yeah, the left needs to here. remember people should be judged not here. by the color of their skin or their ethnicity, but the content of their character. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> why, why are they so cringe? That's that's literally the root of all of this is literally like it's not it's not the root of the MLK is not the root of I'm saying that's like vi visually and in front of your face on the nose like here is a an anti-white movement beginning right and it's like driven by communists and Jew overrepresentation of Jews that were his speechwriters he did this with rap it's not a left wing thing it was rabbis you know part of you know walking with MLK and all those things right and he thinks this is some great heresy to bring this up look, look at this you would be canceled now for saying this uh, it's like quoting MLK can get you canceled right now I think to actually no it no it definitely does not buddy this is you're not you're not edgy okay just what the hell they say that people should be judged by their well, character colorblindness is considered Ooh. You know, a lot of people call that racism now. That's like, a, that, 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 by the way, that that is the mainstream. Well, because they're attacking white because white people are like, well, we were to, we were told that we shouldn't see race and it doesn't matter. And unfortunately, white people ob obliged and they bowed down. And now the goalpost moved by these very same people in many regards. And they said, no, no, you know, you, you need to recognize that you're white and the, you, therefore you should feel guilty. You're the bad guy here. OK, that's why all that happened. Conservative view on 
civil rights related issues is that colorblindness should be the standard, right? You want to treat everyone used to be the, the same as individuals. Yes, exactly. But it that was the liberal point of view. This, was but that was just a shoe in, right? That was just to get a foot in through the door, and they got that, and 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 look at it now, right? So there was, it was pro as always, it was promised by great. Well, it's just we just want equality, bro, bro. Just just let us let us have everything you have, okay? And now, of course, it's like coming full circle back around again. I was like, well, we need our own, we need our own neighborhoods, we need our own schools, we need our own. You can't have though that as a white person, you can't have identity. See, but these guys won't point that out. Uh, McDosis says, personally, I'm quite happy to hear that gob Goblin admit, uh, let me see, that, that Goblin admit Jews are the source of every piece of rot in the U.S. She's proud of rot. Oh, the, um, yeah, the clip with the, from the World Jewish Congress, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, they, they see that as something good or whatever, but what's fascinating about that is now that's, that is the ideology that have come back and bit them in the, in the rear end, Rich, which is you know, <laughs> which is interesting, right? Uh, let me see here. Uh, Grenade against it. Hi, Henrik. First time hyper chatting. Well, thank you. Uh, but long time listener. I'm a French Canadian, and you can call me William, uh, the Germanic version of my name. Keep up the good work and give my best to our shield maiden, Lana. Thank you, uh, Grenade. Appreciate that. Uh, I will do. Uganda also says Madagascar option now. Uh, Der Sharusker says Tikkum Olam is their agenda. By the way, I know I've asked you this before, but could you perhaps do an interview uh, with someone from their, uh, yeah, their, the, is it Dritte, right? Their Dritte Weg, isn't that what it is? Uh, those who do not speak German can learn about the movement. I'd love to talk with one of those guys. Um, if I, are they on? Maybe Telegram is the best way. I'm not sure how to reach one. If you have any connection, uh, send me an email or DM, like on, on Twitter or, or X or whatever. Uh, Der Sharusker and uh, uh, help me get in contact with one of them. Uh, hopefully, one that's you know do decent on on English. But that would be that'd be good. Thank you. All right. So now let's let's look at so so with that in mind, right? Took us a while to get there, <clears throat> but with that in mind, let's look at a just a just a couple of examples, right? I just I saw this a story unfolding. It was like, okay, we got to do this again. We got to pull out some of these stories, right? And just look at like the. Uh, oh, the, excuse me. I'm actually getting ahead of myself. Let, let's 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 view this. I do want to look at a couple of stories. Just a minute. Uh, but but this is uh, this is fascinating too. Getting ahead of myself here. Uh, three more. I want to show real quick. UPenn donor withdraws one hundred million dollar donation after president's congressional testimony on anti-Semitism. Ross Stevens of Stone Ridge Asset Management pulls his $100 million donation uh, gift to the school. Ross Stevens. It's interesting because there's these mega wealthy people and you can never get like... You'll have like a guy who said the wrong thing on Twitter. They get their Wikipedia, you know, post of how awful they are or whatever. Guys like this, guys like this that are giving a hundred million dollars to universities you can't get a fucking wikipedia thread on and know a little bit about them what's their what they're part of isn't it isn't that fascinating where the crunch base has it um yeah business insider yeah who is ross stevens wall street journal anyway the point is i can't get any background on him where does he uh where is he genetically speaking <laughs> anyway whatever because you can't tell anything about the name it's funny when people are like oh i find a version of like Loktef that was somewhere was Jewish and so therefore she there's people with the name Miller 
that are like can you find any any like you know, more common going name Stephen Miller <laughs> you know what I mean it's like you can't tell from names that's what I'm saying because it changed names just because someone finds a name that was slightly related to something and that person was Jewish so therefore the, you know that's insane but anyway uh here's and here's another one by the way Mark Kazowitz has uh has initiated a lawsuit against uh, UPenn over this too. Listen to just a, it's a longer clip, but listen a little bit to this here. Here's uh, Fox Business. This was happening on Capitol Hill. Listen. What action has been taken against students who are harassing and calling for the okay. genocide? Of okay, they're really litigating this. We don't have to do this. We, we've we've seen that already. But then they come in and comment on this here, right? Palestinian student protests, all with but Cornell and Columbia and MIT 7th Hamas. The hearing focusing on the yeah. alarming rise of anti-Semitism on college campuses since the October 7th Hamas terrorist slaughter of Israeli civilians. Gay was joined by University of Pennsylvania president. And the examples they show that stop killing. <laughs> stop killing. Is is anti-Semitism? It's, it's just holy shit. You was can't joined make this by shit University up. of Pennsylvania <laughs> President Liz McGill and MIT's Sally <clears throat> Kornbluth. It has been at now. Sally Kornbluth was largely praised. Um, can can I spell that in the right way? Let me do, let me just see. MIT President Sally Kornbluth, <clears throat> biologist. American Jews. Okay, yeah. So she, so basically, the one Jewish woman of those three, uh, they, they, she did fine. That was okay. <laughs> they mostly dropped that. Uh, MIT, this, uh, less so with with the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. That was fine. Those Ivy Leagues, less so MIT, but Cornell and Columbia, Harvard and Penn, where Jewish students have been bullied and threatened by pro-Palestinian student protests, all with little to zero pushback by university presidents. It took Penn President Liz McGill more than a month to announce a task force to combat the anti-Semitism rate. Think about this now. A, a task force on it, and it took, oh my God, it took a month. We have articles going back to at least like a couple of decades, probably more to be honest now, a couple of decades of professors at these universities calling for the extermination of the white race. <laughs> Has there ever been some fucking hearing or or some someone looking into this in greater detail and what's going on here? No, not a peep. Teaching on not a campus, peep. but that's too little too late for attorney Mark yep, Kazowitz. That's right. One month is too late. Just filed a lawsuit. Let's sue them. Let's become litigious, everybody. We're going to have some money out of this. Against Penn for tolerating and fostering and fomenting hostile environment for Jewish students. Charlie Gasparino is here as well. So I broke it on my Twitter feed earlier today. What's been the response? Well, the response is, as you would expect, Charlie uh, and Liz, the, the response is enormous. Um, it is very well known how absolutely abysmally the presidents of major universities in the Ivy League and outside of it, but principally in the Ivy League, uh, have done in failing to protect the rights and, more importantly, the, self, the, the, the safety, mm. health, and welfare of Jewish students who have been subjected to attacks by anti-Semitic mobs. This is not campus. just. This is not just calling attacks names. By, it's you can't they would not would that not be the B-roll they run next to him when he says that? You think that right? Am I? 
I, I'm thinking protest, and, and again, I recognize it was like one or two clips I've seen where like they ripped like an Israeli flag out of someone's hands or shouting at them or something like that, right? But that's that's about that's the extent about, of it, I think. Like borderline physical, getting in people's faces. Borderline physical, getting in people's faces. Certainly, there's absolutely been physical intimidation. Physical intimidation. Harassment, and in some instances, actually uh, physical uh, contact. Were the two students in this law? Okay, can you can we see those? Or lawsuit and I no? got the lawsuit right here, and I read some of it. 85 all pages. Of it, 85 pages. Um, did they, were they physically assaulted, either of these two? They were both, they were both uh, at different times um, intimidated and harassed, uh, and both of them feared for their physical safety, and both of them uh, made very, very clear to the administration so they went of to them the first. university. Oh, yeah. They both made clear to the administration of the university, uh, including to, up to uh, Liz McGill's office, uh, that they were afraid for their safety and needed uh, help what, and what protection. What was the response? Zero. I mean, with the, so you go to the, the, the administrator. Listen, we're fear for our lives. We're getting chased around campus. What are they? Are they being chased around? You'd think some of this would be filmed or they get, there's so much cell phone footage out there these days. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that does exist. I just, I have not come across it, um, to be honest. The, again, the B-roll they run there is a guy zooming around in a hall where, what's going on in the hall? What's Very, very what's, clear to the administrator. There. Oh, yeah, they both made clear to the Zeta, Omega, you know, B, B some the different fraternity flags. Administration, the university. Uh, Doesn't look like that kind of hostile environment. To, up to uh, Liz McGill's office uh, that they were afraid for their safety. Or is it just because it's if the, it's the uh, UPenn or what it's called, University of Pennsylvania, and, and they're just doing a live feed there and or needed uh, yeah, help what, and What protection. was the response? Zero. I mean, with the, so you go to the, the, the administrator, listen, we're fear for our lives. We're getting chased around campus. What do they say? Tough. Zero. So they say tough luck. Zero. In fact, I will tell you that there was on um, September 22nd and September 23rd, uh, right around the time of the, the Palestinian Jewish, speaks uh, uh, the, thing that they did right there. there right around, that's before the October thing. I thought most of this was, in, was a, as a consequence of that. So now it's just something that's before the time of the Jewish uh, uh, Yom Kippur. Right. There was a Palestinian literature yes. speaks right. uh, oh, no. uh, or rights uh, conference uh, uh -huh. that had been held on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania against the objections of students who were afraid and 2,000 alumni who wrote. And the response that was given to our client, Al Yacobi here, was when he complained about it to uh, security, he was told, uh, you should go- Security, we have a pro-Palestine. Look, I don't like it. I don't belong there to want to be pro-Palestine. Go to Palestine, be pro-Palestine there. But this shit that they're like, they, they, they don't have, they can't do this stuff. It's incredible. These are very weak positions, you know, to be honest. But what they're getting away with here, like in terms of like fighting back. Here's another, it just keeps coming here. Chairman of Yad Vashem. Fuck is it doing that? Uh, Yad Vashem chairman slams Ivy League schools for rampant anti-Semitism on campuses. Donnie Diane met university officials on trip to U.S. to discuss rise of anti-Semitism at colleges. I'm just showing this to like just the amount of groups and activism and focus and attention and media coverage and like just wall to wall of this, right? Billionaire Bill Ackman says UPenn president Liz McGill will be asked to step down on Friday. That's today. 
Jewish financier says, one down. <laughs> Isn't this one of the tropes that he's like, a, he's a wealthy Jew who shows up and, and tells and tells a university president whether or not she can she can stay or go? Okay, okay, all right. Jewish financier says one down after she and president of Harvard and MIT sparked outrage for refusal to condemn calls for the genocide of Jews. And she by and and they've apologized. They, 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 she did all that. She did the entire thing. She jumped through every hoop, and yet, you know, it's not good enough. <laughs> it's not good enough. Stefanik, not good enough. She's an anti-Semite too. Everybody's an anti-Semite. <clears throat> Okay, so, so so here we go. Got to do this. Right, we're running running behind here, ladies and gentlemen. Former North Carolina state instructor says exterminate white people. North Carolina State University have distanced itself from comments made by an adjunct instructor who re instructor who recently said blacks must quote exterminate white people off the face of the earth. Now, so he's not a student there. He's employed by the university. And so this is Kamu Kamboon. So why don't we just play the, the, the clip here? Now, okay, some some of these people have been, well, he so he was fired or you know what blah blah blah, whatever. Yeah, okay, sure. But has there been any any hearings, any investigation? No. Here's the clip. So their system is not stopping. And then finally I want to say that we need one idea and we're not thinking about a solution to the problem. We're dealing with all these other things, but these are diversions from the solution to the problem. And we have to start to think about a solution to the problem so that these young brothers and sisters who are here now, who are 15, 16, and 17, are not here 25 years later talking about these same problems. Now, how do I know that the white people know that we are going to come up with a solution to the problem? I know it because they have retina scans, they have what they call racial profiling, DNA banks, and they're monitoring our people to try to prevent the one person from coming up with the one idea. And the one idea is how we are going to exterminate white people because that, in my <laughs> estimation, is the only conclusion I have come to. We have to exterminate white people off of the face of the planet to solve this problem. <laughs> now, I don't care whether you clap or not, but I'm saying to you that we need to solve this problem because they are going to kill us. <clears throat> They're going to kill us. Anyway, so there you go. So that's the, <clears throat> that's the North Carolina state instructor there right and then they well we've we distance ourselves from okay so they, you're talking about actual people are employed by the university right uh in black professors firing aaup finds racist tropes indiana university northwest fired a black professor after alleging he alleging he said something about killing white people an aaup reporter found racist tropes of incompetency angry and physically violent black men in the language used to justify his dismissal so he he says he said we should kill white people and then it was a racist tropes found in the arguments against the fact that he should have been fired <laughs> this is incredible there's another piece here too follow up professor fired for alleged threat to 
quote, kill all white people, unquote, is named interim provost of troubled college. <laughs> so he was he was rehired again. See, see, see what I'm saying here? Here's a professor. This is not a student. That's the difference here. Gen Pro-Palestinian prote protest at campuses is genocide of Jews. Calling for killing all white people is not white genocide. <laughs> see how this see the difference here? <clears throat> Here's Rutger Professor. We got to take these motherfuckers out. <laughs> let's let's play this. I'm laughing at this, but the, I mean, it's just so absurd, right? The, the whole framing here. Let's play a couple of seconds in the beginning here. Committed to being villains in the aggregate, right? The real sort of issue here, and I, you know, I've heard people sort of say it is one. I think that white people viscerally fear. It's not that white people don't know, right? What they have done, they know. They fear that there is no other way to be human, but the way in which they are human, which is to, so, you know, like you talk to white people and whenever you, you really want to have a reckoning about it, they say stuff like, you know, it's just human nature. If y'all had all of this power, you would have done the same thing, right? So that's the, the first part of it. So, so just to know that she's like talking about white cigarettes. So let's skip forward a little bit here. Uh, these, yeah, the, the psychological problems with these people and stuff. And then she continues and she says, Way to go. And that's the thing that white people don't trust us to do because they are so. Yeah, that we should have all the power and they don't trust us to have all the power because they're obsessed about having the power and they assume that we will kill them because that's what they did to us. That's the argument here from this woman. Corrupt. You know, they're thinking. They're so, so, they're so corrupt. So morally and spiritually bankrupt. Their thinking is so morally and spiritually bankrupt. Is a Rutger. Professor. about power that they can't let you know they fear viscerally existentially letting go of power because they cannot imagine that there's another way to be it is either that you dominate or you are dominated and isn't it sad Projection. that 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 is spiritually who they are and that they can't imagine a sort of more expansive notion so massive of course then generalization see what i'm saying this is the product of dei crt woke campus shit brought on by these civil rights movements and all that shit that, that this is the end result of that right of the world the thing i want to say to you is we got to take these motherfuckers out but i know but like we can't say that right well you just said it all right <laughs> so there it is we got to take these motherfuckers out oh and i forgot too by the way this is an important addition here actually so the Camus, Camus uh, Bell, uh, Bell, what's his name? Camus, uh, whatever the fuck his name, Camus, Cam, Cam, Cam Bonbon, whatever his name is. Apparently he had some, um, w w when this was circulating, he had some backing of none other than Barbara Spector, by the way. And I don't, this, I don't think this is fake. I, do, I think this one was real. We can do it, Camus. This has been removed since, right? She scrubbed most of her social media history and stuff like that when, when that clip of her come out of, of talking about how we've got to replace Europeans and her Paideia organization in Stockholm. You guys know the, the background of this, right? Um, Every journey begins with the first step. We must end the so-called white race. And another tweet, This I screenshot this one. We can't let lone nutters get in, get in the way of progress. Hashtag end white people, <laughs> right? And this uh, around the same time when she was confronted about Israel, when is Israel going to open its gate to refugees? Well, we're, we're only a tiny country of about eight million. Was was one of her her uh, excuses, right? Which is like, well, that's that's Sweden, right? That's Denmark, that's Norway, that's you know the, the other countries of of that of that size, right? But does she give a fuck about that? No, of course not. No, instead. And she's not insignificant, right? She here she is receiving a, an award from 
the king of Sweden, un unfortunately. He's, you know, he's a dumbass, but whatever. Uh, she's not, and no, oh, well, that's just one, that's just one crazy liberal Jew. So don't worry about that, you know, kind of thing. And she, and she does, she doesn't speak for us. Oh, oh yeah, well, why are there so many organizations doing what she's talking about that they are, are supposed to do, right? And in fact, her husband, uh, we should show that too real quick here. Where is that? Let me pull that up here in case I didn't pull that up already. Philip Spector, right? That's an important note in all of this too. That it's not, it's, he's not no, no, they're not nobody, right? He was the head of the synagogue in Stockholm for many years. They they actually went to Israel, started living in Israel in 1967. They made Aliyah to Israel. He was doing all these things, blah blah blah, and then. 17 years later, he retired from that position and subsequently served in Stockholm as the rabbi of the great synagogue, a post which he held for seven years, right? And now they enjoy the retirement, divides his time between Stockholm and Israel. Uh, Barbara Spector. That's not nobody. Like she's married. She's, oh, it's just a liberal. Oh, really? So she's married to a rabbi heading up the synagogue in Stockholm. See what I'm saying? See the connection here? All right. So, so anyway, back to a couple of these uh, other stories here, right? Yell speaker says, comment about killing white people was meant to spark deeper talk about race. Here's people that invited to these colleges to speak. Uh, and it says like, well, oh, it's a little bit of, con oh, well, it was controversy around this, you see. So therefore, it's, it's well, where are the hearings? Where are the, where are the white billionaires that show up and like, I'm going to start an organization that stands up for people of European descent. <laughs> you know, like, that's what we need. I, I'm not obviously they're organizing. They're doing what they need to do to protect themselves and 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 stand up for their interest. And you know, uh, well, I guess good for that. Sure, go, go ahead and do that. Good for you, right? But that's what we need, right? That's what we need as as white people. We need we need people to stand up for us. We need to stand up for us. No one else is going to do it because you see this immediate mobilization, right, to condemn this and all that stuff. And about these things, it's like, yo, well, it's a oh, a controversy occurred today when some woman called for shooting white people in the head and killing all white people, right? Wasn't this the uh, what's her name? Kilian, literally like Kilani or something? Kil Aluna Kilani. Yeah, this is the one. Here's the uh, clip that we did for uh, for this story. So she's, uh, let me read this here real quick for you. Yale School of Medicine's Child Study Center hosted New York City psychiatrist Dr. Alana Kalani for a talk called The Psychotic Problem of the White Mind. <laughs> and this is what she uh, went on to say. I received of unloading a revolver into the head of any white person that got in my way, daring their body, and wiping my bloody hands as I walked away relatively guiltless. With a gun on my step, like I did the world a fucking favor. This is the cost of talking to white people at all. The cost of your own life as they suck you dry. There are no good apples out there. White people make my blood boil. Psychological predicament. Because white people feel that we are bullying them when we bring up race. They feel that we should be thanking them for all that they have done for us. They are confused, and so are we. <clears throat> Can you hear me okay? <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Uh, no, I didn't catch any of that. Can you uh, repeat that? I'll uh, press record. We keep forgetting that directly talking about race is a waste of our breath. We are asking a demented, violent predator who thinks that they're a saint or a superhero to accept responsibility. It ain't gonna happen. They have five holes in their brain. 
It's like banging your head against a brick wall. It's just like sort of not a good idea. We need to remember that directly talking about race to white people is useless because we're at the wrong level of conversation. Addressing racism assumes that white people can see and process what we are talking about. They can't. That's why they sound demented. They don't even know they have a mask on. White people think it's their actual face. We need to get to know the mask. So white people are out of their minds and they have been for a long time. All right, there you go. So that's a little sample there. So Yale speaker, one of the elite universities, right? Totally. It's, yeah, it's a little bit of a, kind of the media articles about this. And, oh, well, this is, this is, divi- they're trying to divide us. <laughs> like, no, they're shitting on white people and they're calling for the murder of white people. They're, 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 they want to kill white people. That's, that's, that's genocide. If anything, when it comes to genocide, that's it. It's not, we need to show some footage of, a, of some protest against whites uh, by other students there is that too obviously there's a number of these cases i'm just showing you the top like people invited to these elite university schools or other other you know colleges and you know stuff like that the top down pressure right uh we did the rutger one what else do we have here Oh, yeah, she continued. She did, but basically doubled down and called people, white people psychotic and shit like that. So anyway, we don't have to go through all that, too, right? And by the way, it was interesting, too. I was like, you know, because she talked about, oh, they, they, they took... I think she mentions that in this interview, but we don't have to play it. We don't have time for it, frankly. But, oh, they came and stole everything, blah, blah, blah. Just, just brief, like, because she's Indian, right? Kalan is mostly a surname you find in India. And how do you think the Indian subcontinent came about? Well, it's the same thing. Conquest, there's tribes, one exterminate. It's this complete removal from the historical aspect. There was only white people that moved from one area to another for this selected piece of history and then conquered somebody and took their shit. <clears throat> like, that's the story of, like, mankind for the most part. There, sure, there's some cooperation here and there, too. But, like, that's historically, that's, that's what it is. And same thing where you come from, lady. Anyway, not that we have to you know, prove that to her or anything like that, right? Uh, a couple of other headlines here. Professor behind white genocide tweet says he has university support. <laughs> That's right, he has, he has university support. Not a problem, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And here, of course, is the famous Harvard Magazine by the professor that was at Harvard for the longest time, Noel Ign- Ignative, right? Abolish the white race, October 2002. So that's 21 years ago now. So it's be kind of go... Is that, is that too late, according to, you know, some of the other people who complain? Oh, my God, they waited a month to condemn this shit? I can't believe it. They waited a month? How about 21 years? Is it, is, it, is it time? Can we say can we say something? Can we organize against it now? Texas student newspaper. Now, that's okay. Granted, that's, that's students, right? But it's the student newspapers, not just like, you know, a, a, a protest. In other words, you would assume that then it's like, you know, uh, kind of endorsed by the, the the school, right? Texas student newspaper blasted over anti-white. Your DNA is an abomination column. Imagine you like your Jewish DNA is an abomination because they talk about white people there, right? White is over if you want it. <clears throat> Again, just showing you a couple of examples of what's happening at these universities for the longest time. And here's another one. Forget what the uh, this is a New York professor was at NYU. I think she was with this crazy idiot. Having white nuclear family promotes white supremacy. Ha- having a Jewish nuclear family promotes Jewish supremacy. 
<laughs> says New York professor. <laughs> How about that? But of course, the most important thing, folks, is to remember is there is there is no war on my it's a, it's a myth. Okay, the war on whites is a is a myth and it's a dangerous myth, and nothing of the sorts is happening anywhere. Most important thing, the gaslight you into thinking none of this is really happening. College professor wanted white genocide for Christmas. And I think, is this the same Sicarello or, yeah, Sicarello, that's right. All I want for Christmas is white genocide. Can it be any more specific in terms of like, uh, like a, a professor that's calling for genocide against people? See where we see what we're getting at here, folks. Do you see the country? Do you see the different reactions? to the different type of events and what has actually been happening at the university colleges and specifically the Ivy Leagues. So with that in mind, let me play this little compilation here. The thing about being white is you're not reminded of your race all the time. Or, uh, abrupt ending there, but um, still, of course, makes the point, does it not? Uh, someone shared this little meme cartoon, I guess someone did today, with my last breath as this pro-Israeli, uh, you know, uh, activist here, right, essentially, at a demonstration, I curse, who do you curse? White people, <laughs> as, you're, as you're going down. I saw someone else said, was that a reply to this tweet, maybe, or something like that? Yeah, Jewish gratitude while showing like pictures of like World War II a- allied soldiers being, you know, blown up, of course, you know, going and sacrificing themselves to, to uh, you know, to, I guess, presumably rescue these people, I guess, but whatever. Yeah, wow, wow. Zyda Green says here, and who could deny anti-Semitism is on the rise? U.S. Jews will fight until white America is extinguished. It's hard for us to all to coordinate our stories sometimes, so it appears that there are disagreements among us. Fortunately, we all agree on the most important issues, eradicating whiteness and undermining its civilization. Is that a spoof account or something? It's probably not Philip N. Cohen. And of course, we can forget the classic Joe Bernstein. Kill a straight white man on your way to work tomorrow. And then one more. Here we got, uh, I'd hate Americans. <laughs> All right, so there you go. A uh, couple of more here, real quick. Let me just make sure we didn't miss anybody. No, I think we're caught up. Okay. Oh, actually, we had uh, Sin City Miller on uh, Rumble, an avalanche of anti-white propaganda that makes Goebbels look like a piker. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I get your point. I wouldn't bring in Goebbels. I'd say like maybe <clears throat> someone in like the checkout or something like that. <laughs> But yes, I get your point. Thank you, uh, Sin City Miller, 
appreciate that. Uh, support over on Rumble. Uh, okay. So a couple of these quick here from uh, this is this is great stuff too, right? But you got to remind people here, ben, here Ben Shapiro, right? Love this. Ben Shapiro celebrates Palantir announcing affirmative action hiring quotas for Jews. <laughs> the longest time I was like that. Affirmative action is bad, okay? Uh, it's unfair, okay? We have a meritocracy, okay? And then, of course, someone shows up, and, and again, all of this, this is in the wake of all of this, the, the Ivy League University, the scandals and all that uh, case here. Uh, and, and someone, uh, let's see, uh, Chris Menahan here linked up this clip as well to, to frame it in the right way. In case it isn't clear, the privileged Ivy League student surrounded by mainstream media and high-level politicians doesn't feel safe. I do not feel safe. Let me be clear. I do not feel safe. <laughs> Is that what part of the was it the fifty, the fifty million campaign by what was was it the Steinlight guy or something? Who was that? We covered that. It was a couple of weeks ago now. Maybe that's part of that. Thank you, House GOP, for standing up to defend the hurt feelings of pampered Ivy elite Ivy League students. It was whole. It was like a five to eight minute presentation there too. Yeah, here's Ben Shapiro. Love this. Uh, this is from Palantir, which of course has. Oh, what was his name again? Who's the CEO of, of Palantir? Let me just look that up real quick. Uh, and by the way, this is the, he, it was co-founded, Palantir, by the great right-wing hope, uh, Peter Thiel, right? Yeah, Alex Karp, uh, the co-founder and CEO of Palantir Technologies. We at Palantir have, have been committed to defending the principles that make democratic rule possible since our founding two decades ago. Our software embodies our values and commitments. Those include, and this is like AI shit, by the way, too. This is a guy, Alex Karp, we played a clip at the time, proud himself from having to apparently used their technology to keep right-wing politicians, uh, right-wing parties out of European countries. He specifically referenced Sweden and stuff, and apparently because one of the reasons for this was that, well, although you're letting in all these migrants that want to bomb and kill you because you're not them, and because you're presumably, what, Swedish, German, French, etc., we stopped terrorism. We stopped terrorism with one of our AI devices, you see. So we're the saviors of, of your civilization by keeping right-wing parties out. So... And he's mentioned that in the clip. It's like, so you're telling me the only way to keep these multicultural societies going is not only like through weapons and stuff, it's like through advanced AI predictive, you know, surveillance uh, systems, essentially like this, to try to keep everything in check. And and that is what presumably the reaction, if there was a terrorism event, would have been more sweet to be like, oh, they want to kill us? Well, maybe this is not a good idea. Maybe we should get them out of our countries, right? Anyway. Uh, our software embodies our values and commitments. These include high performance, efficiency, transparency, fairness, and a rejection of narrow thinking, including fear and skepticism on the other hand, uh, uh, on the other, and outright bigotry. We believe these values must be backed up by actions on the battlefield, intellectual and otherwise, given the egregious levels of anti-Semitism in our society, especially at our most elite educational institutions. Some of these organizations seem structurally incapable of taking any steps to reform themselves. Did they complain when they were talking about killing white people? You know, just a few, like all of them. We need to abolish the white race. Did they speak up? No, of course they did not. Students on campuses are terrified and have been instructed by administrators to hide their Judaism. We are launching an initiative for students who, because of anti-Semitism, fear for their safety on campus and need to seek refuge outside traditional establishments of higher education. 
They're welcome to join Palantir and we're setting aside 180 positions for them immediately. More details follow shortly. So here we go. Affirmative action for Jews. Basically, right? And Ben Shapiro, love this. <laughs> you can't make it up. Not surprised whatsoever. Anyway, they, it, there's a detailed piece of this here. But yeah, Palantir, there you go. Ay, 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 ay. What a world. Uh, but of course, this is not uh, genocide. And if you point this out, you are the problem. Israeli soldiers sing, I'm coming to occupy Gaza and wipe off the seed of Amalek. Amalek comment right there at the end, right? Which, of course, is the whole story of... Uh, I think he links it up here. Yeah, like, baby Netanyahu mentioned it. Blot out the name of memory of Amalek. Kill their kids. Do not spare him, but kill man, woman, babe, suckling and... Uh, suckling mean a baby that's um, sucking the teeth, right? Ox, sheep, camel, and donkey. Kill them all! Uh, Israeli children sing, we will annihilate everyone in Gaza against the backdrop of destruction. The, the, the nicest. Can... can couldn't talk about the nicest people. That's uh, Tikkum Olam for you right there. All right. And then, of course, what's the reply uh, response? The entire world is, is anti-Semitic. Netanyahu accuses the entire world of anti-Semitism. Uh, basically, the world was silent because the victims uh, on October 7th were Jews, and the, therefore everybody uh, is an anti-Semite. Where the hell are you? Uh, the outrage around this, of course, have been you know exaggeration, and fabrication in some cases it seems like of evidence in order to you know get the support of the world and as people point out that some of this because some cases lacking evidence and in some cases um exaggeration you, you think it'd be enough with what they what they what allegedly happened according to the stories right no in fact even i, I didn't cover yet but even owen jones uh, the liberal, some people, I think he has his was his grandfather jewish or something but anyway left-wing you know uh, potentially jewish guy but uh, in England, uh, you know, writer for like The Guardian, you know, some of these, you know, left-wing publications in the UK, was one of the journalists invited to see the special Israeli screening of the purported crimes of Hamas, and he spilled the beans, and he was criticized for it, that basically we didn't see any uh, uh, rape, and some of the atrocities that they said was in the tapes, but we couldn't see them, not even the journalists got to see, which was an interesting kind of admission, right? But so the, the reply and the response has been more organizations, more NGOs, whether it's withdrawal from money from this group for not doing the right thing to funding this other group over here to, to push more of their side of the story and uh, their uh, essentially war propaganda, right? U.S. Jewish groups fund or found the 10-7 project to fight denial of Hamas's atrocities. Initiative also intended to provide more complete and accurate information about the Israel-Hamas war in real time for policymakers and the American public. So it's one of the most powerful Jewish interest groups in America. They're coming together for this project. 
the organization will fund a centralized communications operation to feed mainstream newsrooms with, quote, fact-based information, unquote, about the war and will also release a daily newsletter to inform news outlets what's being underreported. Is this an order? Where is this? It will be the biggest unified effort from the Jewish lobby in recent memory. Of course, they had the J7 recently, right? The model after the G7. Uh, but anyway, the groups coming behind and backing this 10-7 project is the American Jewish Committee, AJC, the Jewish Federation of North America, JFNA, the Anti-Defamation League, the ADL, the American-Israeli Public Affairs Committee, APAC and the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, all of them working together to push back against what they see as kind of an unfair, you know, coverage essentially of the Israel, Hamas, Gaza, Palestine war, uh, essentially. And then the, the and going after presumably like people that deny that, the, will, will there be laws passed? You know, it's like anything po possibly could come in the wake of something like this as well. So. That's where we stand, ladies and gentlemen. Uganda says Zielinski is a great dancer. What you are you asking for? Are you asking for the clip? Is that what you're doing? I think I have it here. Little uh, little interlude, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, round us off here today. All right. That's our show for today, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Even the little skin flap at the end, I think uh, I think that was worth sticking around for right there. All right, uh, boys and girls, thank you so much for uh, being here for us so we can be there for you. Please sign up for a membership with us, redicemembers.com. You can get it at subscribestar.com slash redice. You can also get it at odyssey.com slash at TV or redeyestv.locals.com. I don't have that in the graphic there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one of those and insert that as well. Uh, we upload our latest there, of course, so uh, check, those, check that out. Good stuff. We just put up a uh, two-parter with Ron Ons, as I said. We have one with uh, Sasha Ross Mueller uh, coming up as well. And uh, we have uh, other interviews booked up uh, in the pipeline. We are going to do more Western Warrior shows as well coming up here. Uh, and, of course, we do other exclusive into, uh, exclusive content rather at RedHouseMembers.com as well and for our supporters and subscribers. Uh, so please consider it. It's a great way to support us and help us out. Uh, we did lose a, a payment processor. Again, we're working on an alternative and hope to have that up and running soon here. Uh, but if you subscribed through you know, RedHouseMembers.com and you used your debit or credit card, uh, just know that if you had a recurring subscription, that will not renew. Uh, so please consider renewing it. I know it's a piece of, you know, yeah, a piece of ass, a pain in the ass, rather. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is a piece of ass. It's a pain in the ass for you guys. And so we apologize for the inconvenience, uh, but it's really beyond our control. And that's what happens. Uh, that's what happens when you're over the target, ladies and gentlemen. You have financial institutions and services try to shut you out and shut you down. You know what I should do? We should do like just one, like a one slide, one JPEG, essentially, with like all the different... Like whether it's a podcast service or a financial institution or a social media platform or whatever the hell it is that have like banned us over there, just to, just to show you that because we we don't you know we don't talk about that all the time. Oh, the most banned, you know, blah blah blah, whatever. But uh, anyway, so it is what it is. That's the times we are in. But that's why it's important you guys uh, support us so we can uh, continue to thrive and uh, be here and continue to pump out what we need to get out to help to wake people up, help organize our people, help bring our people together. Uh, and basically fight against everything that's happening here as well. So we thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate your support. Uh, and again, just a, a quick note, it's only 10 bucks a month, but if you want to get it uh, less, 
you know, less for that. Want some money off from that? You can get almost, uh, I think it's like 35% off if you get a two-year subscription. But they have like one year, nine months, etc. So you can get it cheaper uh, that way as well if you prefer. Uh, but anyway, that's a great way to support us. You can also, of course, become a executive producer or producer, something a little special we're doing here as well. If you want to shout out at the end of our shows and videos. So with that in mind, thank you to our producers today, our executive producers, T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller. We have Resin Revolts, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, French 47. We have Mark Smith, No One Jeeves, President Obunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yaki, Dillbob, Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, Purple Haze, Colin Marriott, we also have Kami Combo Deal, The Dearborn Toxic Event, Brendan Anthony, and 55 Club Books. Thank you guys. We also have our producers, Mr. Walker 696, Yu Hanson, Leroy Dumond, Snark Pup, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Yurinu, Obadiah Hexwell, Perfect Brute, Single Action Army, HB Lovecraft, Dixie Drone Force, and also, once again, there, 55clubbooks.com. Check out that website. Thank you so much, everybody. If you want to get one of those, you can do that at Odyssey Subscribestar or RedEyesMembers.com. We do have a method embedded on RedEyesMembers.com uh, donor box if you want to use your debit and credit card to renew or sign up for a membership or get one of those tiers. Uh, so thank you so much, everybody. Let me uh, make sure we're caught up here right at the end. We appreciate all of you and your support. Uh, Dog Whistle. Yeah, here we go. Dog Whistle. Just smash. Do we have Smash with Scott? <laughs> do I still have that in? Yes, I do. Smash with, smash with. Thank you, uh, Dog Whistle. Appreciate that. McDozer, Slensky Flaps, man Mangina lives on. Laugh my ass off. That's right. Thank you, McDozer. Appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it's it's important to tie that in. Night Nation Review. Uh, it's amazing. Good to see you, man. Uh, it says, it's amazing how they feed the American public lies and then establish hundreds of extremely funded uh, lawyer-stocked NGOs to force everyone to accept their provable lies. True to form. That's right. Hey, I'd love to come on your show, by the way, too. Um, send me a reminder again. Uh, either DMs or Twitter works fine if you are on Twitter. Otherwise, you can just uh, send an email. But uh, sorry, it's been super busy. The last like just month has been insane. But I'd love to come on uh, if you're still interested. So I, I haven't negged you on that, just so you know. Thank you. Night Nation Review. I appreciate that. All right, guys. Thank you so much again, everybody. I think we're at the... Oh, we're past. We're overtime. Holy smokes. That's how it goes sometimes. Uh, okay. But yeah, no. so that's it for us today. We'll be back, as I said, <clears throat> with more interviews down the pipe as well. Uh, and, of course, Western Warrior is coming up next. So uh, check out that at Red House Members or uh, Locals, Odyssey or Subscribestar. We'll see you guys next time. Stay positive, stay brave, and fight back. Stay white-pilled, always positive. This is just, uh, we're just getting this show off the road. Uh, we haven't even seen some of the true pushback that's going to come from our people once we begin, we begin organizing. So uh, never be never be let down or feel that uh, this is over, folks. It is not. It's just beginning. We'll see you guys next time. Take care. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.